It is gray and overcast today, and it's raining. Not much. A little modest drizzle, but enough to get me wet after about 40 minutes of running. And that's what I've just been doing. I'm, I'm a mailman today. I just finished delivering my book, the book that I wrote. Oh, when did I write that? So many years ago, and then uh, did an updated version and a translation of it in Dutch a couple of years ago, probably already four or five years ago. It was right after um, Pope Francis was uh, presented to the world, because I remember squeezing in a final chapter literally days after uh, the scene on the balcony. And uh, about a week ago, I got a message from one of my followers on social media and also someone who's watching the masses on on internet at mass for geeks that her brother who lives actually in on the territory of my parish um, in a village uh, west of Amersfoort that uh, he was going to celebrate his birthday and she wanted to gift him my book but the book is out of circulation it's uh, it's not sold out because I, I bought up the remaining copies and we had just transferred everything oh the scouting building here interesting they're open all the youth activities have, have resumed in my country at least for the time being of course but uh, we uh, we had just moved all the remaining boxes of, with books to uh, um, my apartment uh, to my rectory and they were in the attic so I was like well maybe I'll just uh, put it in an envelope and, and bring it myself I need a reason to go out anyway and so uh, this is my second run this for the past two days uh, yesterday I ran for about an hour and a half which I didn't know I had it in me <laughs> but uh, I've got a lot of stuff to to share with you today and running is part of it but it's part of a bigger deal um, I first want to talk a little bit about Tetris <laughs> I'm probably not the only one who's been completely addicted to the game Tetris uh, when it came out and when we were all still working on uh, DOS computers or maybe Windows 3.1 and when I say all of us I mean probably just the older generation <laughs> and Tetris was a very simple game that took the world by storm and I'm pretty sure that almost everyone has has played it uh, what I love about Tetris is this uh, it, it connects with something that we've done as young children building with blocks and then we throw them, uh, we, we destroy what we made, and it's this satisfying uh, combination of both building things up and using different types of bricks to make an ensemble, and then uh, kicking it over, <laughs> and the whole thing crumbles. And, and both those elements are the core gameplay of Tetris. Um, you, you get presented with blocks of different shapes and forms and they fall down from uh, the void up there somewhere and then you have limited time while they are falling to turn them and to move them uh, from left to right or 
the other way around. And what you do is you try to create full rows. So it's a bit of a, of a puzzle. And why am I explaining this? You know how it works. And what is the most satisfying aspect of Tetris is when you have that full row without gaps and it, it disappears. And that uh, satisfaction of having like multiple rows disappear, that is the ultimate um, reason I think that many of us were so addicted to that game. Um, and especially if you have that long block, which is just basically a row, I think it's five or six long, and, uh, and you created this huge wall, and there is just this one vertical shaft, and you're waiting for that final, you know, five or six blocks piece to fall down, so you can turn it, and then it, it fits in that in that uh, in that pipe in a way, and then like five or six rows disappear at once. And it's, you've got a massive score and everything. That is what has been happening in my life this week. Um, so I'm going to make an analogy here. Um, oftentimes, life can seem like Tetris. It's, you get building blocks, the stuff that happens, and can be encounters, can be work, can be natural disasters, can be a virus, and it all just falls down from the sky. You have no no role in this process. It just appears. Nobody uh, wanted this virus, but it just fell down from above, and we had to deal with it. And so, what we do is, in in, in during our uh, our days and weeks and months and years, we we try to rearrange the things that happen to us. And we move things to the left or to the right. We turn them. And what we try is make them disappear. But that can only happen if everything is aligned. You can't solve a puzzle if, puzzle if pieces are missing. And so the trick is to, to find the right elements. For instance, if you want to solve the corona crisis you need so many factors you need responsible behavior of people you need uh, good guidance from the government you need practical means of protecting yourself and protecting others like the scarves and whatnot um, you need scientists to develop a vaccine uh, and treatment and uh, that whole process involves thousands tens of thousands of people worldwide of the best of the best and when everything aligns, then maybe over time and the sooner the better, things will click into place and poof, that problem will disappear. That is not going to solve everything, of course. <laughs> and there may be new viruses that fall from the sky now that we know how vulnerable we are. Um, it, uh, it is very likely, actually, that, we, that this will happen again. But we will have learned, just like you when you play Tetris a lot, you, you learn strategies and you get better and better at it because you know more or less what is going to fall from the sky and then you know what to do with certain blocks and how to get the, you know, how to heighten your, your chances of, of solving these, uh, these rows of puzzles. And so the, the things that happen to us you can you can you have a choice what to do with these pieces. Um, 
the thing that we can change is that we have no control over what's falling next. But what you can do is move them around and try to solve the puzzle. But that requires action. In action, not doing anything, that is going to be a very quick end of the game. So that's actually not an option. And you may feel stressed and frustrated that <laughs> things keep falling from the sky, but you forget that you can actually move these pieces around. So, uh, but the thing is, we, we know this when we were playing Tetris, right? And we often fail to apply that experience and knowledge when we're playing the, the game of life. Things keep falling from the sky and we get paralyzed. And when I say we, I mean I. I'm talking about myself. And I'll, I'll make it more specific about this week. Um, if you'd asked me two days ago, how was your week so far? I would say, it was terrible. It couldn't be worse. Things keep going wrong and there's this person and there's that event and there's that. And it, uh, it's a terrible week. I just want to control, alt, delete. <laughs> Start again. But I can't. I'm in the middle of this. And I feel terrible about it. Ah, and I feel paralyzed. And I don't know what to do. And actually, in that state, I'm just letting the pieces fall from the sky. And I feel overwhelmed because it's, it's piling up and nothing disappears. It's just getting more and more complicated to solve the puzzle. But I didn't do anything about it. So a few things that went completely different from what I expected. Uh, this uh, past Monday, I had to go to the Archdiocese for my yearly talk with the uh, diocese. And I think I've already shared a little bit there that there is quite a bit of friction right now um, in, in, in my parish situation. So I'm, for 20%, I work in two parishes here. And uh, that has been a major pain <laughs> lately because they merged two parishes. Well, actually, they didn't merge the parishes, but they appointed the pastoral team and the associated priests. I am one of those to two parishes, uh, which together um, form a huge region. Uh, it takes about, well, for maybe for North Americans, it doesn't sound too big, or Canadian listeners or Australian listeners, but for us Dutch people who like things small, um, it's massive. It takes uh, 45 minutes by car to drive from one end of the parish or one of those parish churches to the parish church on the other side of the parish. And so... Uh, not only is the distance between these communities very big, a lot of these communities are not doing very well. And so they all struggle with questions of uh, how to stay afloat financially. We're totally upside down. We've been for years, at least in my part of the parish. And uh, but, but I would say financially that's not that important, but in terms of uh, overall... The, the um, composition of the communities um, it's completely upside down so you have almost no young people no children in a lot of these communities and just people that are 70 years or older which of course demographically is going to mean that it's going to be over very soon unless you keep 
growing on the younger side of your of your community, which is not happening. I know a lot of reasons why that is not happening. And a lot of those reasons have to do with not innovating, not... We're stuck in our old habits. Uh, we are catering to the old generation that still goes to church, but does not expect the church to change anymore because they like it the way it is. But it's like what I said last week in the walk. The things that got you here won't get you there. If there's one thing I think that, that the corona crisis has revealed to us, or maybe God allowed it to... to well, maybe that goes too far. But anyway, God, I think, helps us to see um, clearer thanks to the corona crisis, what the state is of our church. And that is that we're actually broke. <laughs> the system is broke. It doesn't work. It hasn't worked for years. But now that people can't come to church, and in certain cases now we can open some churches, but people won't come back, it just shows how little what we do and what we are matters to most of our parishioners. I would say I would easily say 95% of our parishioners are formal parishioners, the ones that we uh, still have uh, in our database. 95% has not missed a church at all during this corona crisis. And so it shows us that what, what got us here will absolutely not get us there. It won't help us in the future. And so it means you have to rethink. One of the things that I've been doing uh, and sharing also these past th few months is can I um, find new ways to build community uh, using existing elements like liturgy and Gregorian chant, uh, but also a new language, uh, using examples, images from our popular culture that we share with many more people than we actually share our Catholic culture with. And I think that's been very encouraging. The thing is, the frictions started to appear when um, uh, the people that I depend on, or I think I depend on, uh, don't want me to explore those new avenues, and and can't wait for things to be to go back to what they call normal. I call I would call it uh, mortally sick <laughs> on deathbed, but they can't wait for those things to return for for. Uh, normal operations to resume and so that created tension because I felt it was my my vocation to show different approaches and I don't think that all of them are successful or will be successful but I'm not going to give up I'm not going to stop doing things I, you know you have to work hard to get results and uh, overnight successes don't exist in life. They're always built on previously acquired skills, and you acquire skills by trying and failing, or doing and failing, Yoda would say. So, uh, I requested room to try out these new, these new ways. Um, and uh, on the parish level, I felt that I was, you know... Uh, I was hitting a wall. And so I, th I was like, well, I'm going to talk with my diocese. I'm just going to ask uh, if I can get completely freed up 100% for, 
for this this new approach for this this renewal uh, and also being able to um, fully deploy my time and my attention to focus it on that renewal using um, the the means the, the the media that I'm very good at or that I that I master that I have great skills in um, and so I hoped that if they would relieve me from this uh, formal bond with the local parishes I could still assist in the area but I would have more uh, in a certain way also more mental freedom to really go for it instead of being kind of in between these two worlds uh, there's nothing more frustrating than having to uh, work at something that you that you are convinced with your values that is not the way to go and it's a waste of time and that, that is that's one of the things that have become more and more clear to me that uh, I, I operate in the church as a priest from a different set of values uh, not different dogmas or anything but different values different priorities and uh, the, the values that I feel really connected to and that drive me and give me energy to do what I do and make me happy also are not always the same values as the people that work with me in the same church and sometimes their approach their priorities their values may even be opposite to mine and I've shared a number of examples in previous episodes of the walk I won't go into detail so but anyway that I was like this is the best solution I've, I've given this thought it won't really change that much for the parishioners but it would mean a lot of difference to me and uh, so we had our talk and it went well went there with the entire board of Tridio and told them about our plans and we're doing good um, they expressed the people of the diocese expressed great trust in what we do um, they were they even said at one point this is the best plan that we've seen so far <laughs> and uh, they even said well we were a little bit skeptical in the past about certain things that you did so it's probably also because it didn't connect with their values and priorities you know they couldn't care less if I had you know successful YouTube videos about uh, about Star Wars movies but we're doing much more we're building on that now and we I think we did a good job communicating the why of what we do, the choices that we make, and also communicate the results. And the results are incredible. I've never seen so much change before. And, and when people contact me, tell me how much what I do means to them, I know it's only the tip of the iceberg. And there are many people that will never tell me that. And I could give you so many examples of people that tell me, hey, I've been following you for... 15 years now and this is the first time that I email you I just wanted to let you know that what you said then and then touched me and opened helped me to you know begin a new phase in my life or make radical changes etc I just wanted you to know it's like wow for 15 years I did not know that fruit and now I'm actually seeing a glimpse of what it means to people so um, being able to communicate um uh, all the positive effects this bus lets me 
across the road, very friendly. The, uh, so their overall assessment was, this is, good, this is really good. And then we got to the question that I sent in advance. Would there be a possibility to free me up 100%? Financially, I think we can do it. it we're, we're really getting there uh, with the Patreon donations. Uh, it covers, um, I think right now it covers two-thirds of my full salary. Um, so if I could find another, you know, if I could increase the number of patrons by 30%, it would mean that I'm completely independent from, um, from, for instance, the work that I do for television. So if that would fall away, and that's always been a risk or a possibility, I would still be fine. I could continue. I could continue to pay the diocese. We were like, well... I think we're, we're, we can safely guarantee that if you free up Father Roderick 100% for this media work, uh, we can cover all the costs. So it wouldn't cost the diocese a dime. And for them, that's very important. Um, so I went in, actually, with a kind of a, 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 almost a, a certainty that this is the way. <laughs> Um, but uh, uh, towards the end of the conversation, uh, the people from the diocese made it clear that there had been some email correspondence b- between other staff members about this request, and that I shouldn't get to uh, that I shouldn't get my hopes up. That was how they put it. It was pretty unlikely that they would change the situation, and that was that was a huge, unwelcome Tetris block that fell on my head right there and then even though the entire conversation was super positive and I was encouraged to be very optimistic about the from in my opinion the, the biggest and the most important request it was all of a sudden as, as if there's this block and you're like oh my goodness this is gonna completely block all the other rows below and I've been building towards this one gap that I can fill if only that one single block would fall and then I get this one. Now what can I do with that thing? That Z-shaped monstrosity. And now I'm stuck. And so I was so depressed afterwards. That was that was one Tetris situation. And um, uh, as you know, I'm, we're, we're working on the uh, on the rectory and the floors had been installed just before the weekend and it looks gorgeous it's so beautiful um, it is exactly what I always dreamt it would be and then there is another uh, parishioner of mine who has worked as an electrician for many years and he's like well I'm going to help you m- m- create a safer uh, environment for your equipment now that you work at home or from home uh, all, these, all this electrical wiring is 50-60 years old it's unsafe. This we would never install it like this anymore. So if you're going to attach all those expensive cameras and computer equipment, it needs to be fixed. You can't do it. Data, same thing. We had a a very. I only had I think two connections, wired connections, and they were all on the first floor. Nothing on ground level. Whereas I have put all my equipment downstairs. But there is almost no Wi-Fi because the Wi-Fi has to come from the first floor as well. And 
it's just a simple repeater and it's absolutely lousy. I couldn't do anything from the sunroom. I can barely get a connection in the main room downstairs. It's like, well, while we're at it with the electricity, I'll also um, uh, rewire and add, add more connection points, wired connection points for your data. And so I was super excited about that. And then um, Hank and Inge were helping me with the curtains and uh, putting back the furniture. So again, my my overall state was very positive, very like, wow, I never thought I'd see the day that, um, that I get a functioning house. Because this has also always been, wow, the rain is getting strong now. Maybe I should seek some shelter before this... Uh, the water gets through the the dead cat on top of my of my recorder and uh, causes a short circuit. But anyway, so I was really thinking this is going so well, and uh, we're we're finally once this is behind me, um, I can focus on, on on my regular work in a much better way because I will no longer have that feeling that oh my gosh upstairs it looks so, everything is so old-fashioned and the carpet is 50 years old there is a i've one bathroom and it's literally from 1970 or something it is the most disgusting toilet that i've ever seen it's impossible to clean because it's it's so old and it's full of oh well i won't go into details but it is not at all a toilet that you would ever show to anyone it's almost I almost want to close my eyes you know what I'm gonna wait under this tree for the rain to <laughs> to slow down a little bit so anyway but I was I was optimistic and I um, I was also making plans about uh, a new kitchen on the first floor um, and and then I was excited about making a kitchen where I could also film some of these recipes because I, I like sharing cooking. It's a, it's a lot of fun. It's a universal language. It's like Lego, you know, everybody understands it. And there is, it's such a great language to communicate with. Cooking and, and sharing, that goes together very well. And then I get this email. Actually, I get two emails the other day. One says, um, yeah, so since uh, now your uh, company, your media company is uh, going to uh, uh, have its offices uh, at, our rec- uh, at our rectory um, and uh, you are using the equipment uh, from the kitchen of the parish and also other parish uh, 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 facilities like the toilets, um, we want to um, have a talk about this and... Uh, uh, well, anyway, I felt underneath it was a kind of a, there was this passive aggressive tone to it, and knowing from who had, had sent it um, made it even worse because I I know that person is very passive aggressive and uh, is is very much in a situation where um, let's say it's not the easiest person to work with, very possessive about something, even though just a volunteer. Um, so I was like, oh, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm probably going to get all sorts of criticisms because my uh, I don't have an oven. Uh, I've asked for an oven. I've asked for another toilet. Many years, ever since I moved. And every time I got the same re- response, the same reply, 
um, yeah, well, we can't do that because there is so much else that we need to do first and the roof of the church has to be renovated. And yeah, another pet peeve of mine is uh, since it's an old building and wooden floors, it gets super cold in the winter because the attic is not insulated. And so temperature in the winter will drop to about 16 degrees Celsius. Uh, no matter how high I turn on the central heating which of course is also means that the, the, probably the heat is leaking out everywhere and so I was like well can't we do something about that yeah well but we first need to repair the roofs of the church and there is so much else and, and then they would never get back to me on that same thing with electricity with internet I've requested so many times so can I please get some help on this um, never a reply never any action and so I was like, well, finally, let me just do it myself, you know, I can, I can just wait and bag, or I can just take charge and make it happen, and I'll just pay for it myself, I don't care. I mean, as long as, if it contributes to my happiness and to uh, my overall state of tranquility, then I'll just pay for it, I don't, no, I, I've saved up for these, these kind of things, and so... That I was that email just completely triggered something. Um, I was like, there is no way in the world that I'm going to have that meeting. I'm going to be bullied because that's how it felt to me. Like they just want to have that meeting to tell me uh, that I sh I shouldn't have used the oven and that my uh, guests shouldn't use the bathrooms, the parish bathrooms, because then they would have to clean it. Little pet peeves. I mean, I've never, ever done anything to those parish rooms <laughs> that I could consider, you know, would classify as, well, you're abusing the situation. You're taking advantage of the parish or what. And then, even if I had, I'm a super hard-working priest. I've done a lot. Uh, this is the kind of talk. Like, I was so defensive. So I immediately fired off an email like, no, um... My company is not going to have... We don't have offices anymore. We work from home. So there, I don't see any reason to have this talk. Because it was very, you know, pushy. Like, and here are the dates that, that we want to talk with you. Pick one. Like, all those dates are in the evening. They're in the middle of the week. I don't work for the parish in the middle of the week. That is just my media time. And certainly not in the evenings. I need to have a life, you know. And so anyway, I was super defensive and super angry. And even if I, even when I fired up that email, I was like, okay, I'm, I'm being assertive, you know? Um, but of course my tone was slightly aggressive. I tried to stay polite, but I was very clear and um, maybe a little bit too um, matter-of-factly, like, no, it's not gonna happen. Some people tell me that I'm not assertive at all. And that when I think that I'm super aggressive, I'm actually super friendly. And, well, maybe, perhaps, uh, if it is uh, in your <laughs> ability to please listen to me. And, and, whereas I have the feeling that, well, I've, I've never been this assertive before. Anyway, so I, I send off that email. Then I see another email from the local, mm, let's say, the group of of parishioners that uh, are taking care of the buildings, etc. And they have an entire list of things. One of which is, 
Yeah, so we, uh, we heard that you're uh, installing a new network, but uh, this is uh, a monument, this building, and you can't do that. Uh, this, this should have been communicated with the whatever, committee, so-and-so. And I was like, we're just doing something that was started when I arrived here, and they literally gave me one AC outlet and two data wires. Back then it wasn't a problem. Back then there was no committee that had to be informed. I'm just continuing this work because I've been waiting two years for it to be renovated. And now I get this email that I'm, I don't know, doing wronging the people. Oh, man. I was like, just let me be. I know what I'm doing. I'm not destroying the house. I'm not setting it on fire. I'm paying out of it from... I'm paying out of my own pocket for things that you should have done years ago. And I'm like, oh, I was so mad. And, and I was so defensive again. So I typed another email and fired it off immediately. It's like, well, here's the situation. We're blah, 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 Point one, point two, point three. Boing. And then, of course, what do you think the results are? Not what I thought would happen. Well, actually... I could have predicted that this would happen, but it only created more irritation and more friction. So, the other day, when I had a meeting with, uh, with Cliff, and he was asking me, so, how was your day? <laughs> All this came out. And the funny thing is, I had this, this, the, the most amazing conversation with him that really opened my eyes on a number of, of things that I was doing. I thought that we were going to talk about, you know, goals and how to create a steady income that wouldn't rob me from all my time so I could invest more in creativity. Instead, it became this whole, this whole talk, this whole discussion about um, how you feel, how you react is not the fault of the people that through these Tetris blocks we didn't use that analogy, I'm using it now but anyway, it's not the, the, the people that react the, they did not want to trigger all these old frustrations and that's what happened actually, in my first parish if you've read my book you know this I got overworked because I was constantly manipulated by um, a parish committee that thought oh it's a young priest, he will do anything and they made me do everything. And there were especially a few people in there. And I, of course, I was super green and, and unexperienced. And I had no one to coach me in this whole, in these five early years of my priesthood. No one was coaching me. And it was only when it was too late, when I was sick, and when I, when I couldn't work for more than half a year, that's when I got some coaching. And that helped back then. And it was all about protecting your boundaries, etc. Huge, important lessons. This went much farther. This is the, the reason that you're so uh, frustrated with these people is not because of what they wrote. They may have their reasons. They, may have, they probably don't know that it's triggering you th in this way. So they, you can't blame them for how you feel. How you feel, your state, is what you allow it to be. <laughs> And you can change that. And that's where I start to become a little bit incredulous. Because I 
I've heard these things before and you know it's a very common theme in a lot of self-help help books that you can oh just smile and uh, as long as you use those muscles and uh, you jump up and down you will feel great and your life will be great and you will, will be very successful and make a ton of money that's kind of in my mind how I <laughs> how I easily judged that whole that whole approach you know like, this is kind of like well you can you can make reality but that I don't think that that is what Cliff meant to teach me as much more about you can act in this you you do as if it's just Tetris blocks falling from the sky and it's piling up and you feel miserable about, about it because the problems instead of disappearing only seem to increase and it adds up you know all these setbacks but what if all these setbacks and all these in your current state of mind are roadblocks and are hurting you and triggering you what if all these events were actually amazing opportunities and possibilities and and they're super helpful in your journey uh, okay i didn't i didn't even want to hear that it's like i wanted to just dwell in this anger and this feeling of being a victim and the world is against me you know those probably these 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 situations from your own experience <laughs> you feel wronged and you just want to roll in it <laughs> so i do like okay what do you mean <laughs> so, anyway it was this whole this was very eye-opening that you can usually what i do is i try to get over this by going for a walk that's literally what i did after i sent those emails and i was mad and i went for a walk and i slowly after about an hour i started to calm down and this this was just one week you know but there are there have been so many other stress factors and things that i was unhappy about in my life uh, one one other thing that happened past week was I, i stepped on the scales and i had gained another two pounds and i think dude i was already so heavy i'm way too heavy for my size i've it's been 10 years since i've been this heavy and i can't seem to break the 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 process i, can't, I instead of getting better i'm getting worse and and again i was blaming it on the stress i was blaming it on all the setbacks and on the coronavirus and whatnot so all that is causing me to be in a very depressed state he's like well, what if i tell you you can change that almost instantly but you have to go beyond your current solution what got you here won't get you there what is my solution rationalize i think it through i start i'm trying to figure out okay so what is the situation why am i reacting this way oh it's probably because i'm triggered i'm triggering this old this old wound of being manipulated in my first parish which went very very far and uh, this abusive situation is now re-triggered by people that display the same kind of uh, behavior i've solved it i understand it now and i'm mad as hell <laughs> they have no right to do this to me again <laughs> that's <laughs> well, well but you have to this this is just the analysis But next, 
You have to start working with it. You have to take action and start changing and reframing um, what happened. And that is not something that comes automatically. That, that is kind of what that was my very superficial idea of this approach. Like, as if you can flip a switch and then all of a sudden feel happy again. Ooh, ooh. Like all these people dancing on stage with Tony Robbins and it's all the same happy clappy American approach and <laughs> I was so allergic to it I still am probably a little bit allergic to that very exuberant exp very expressive way of um, of, of working the crowds <laughs> but it also prevented me I think from really listening to well, to, to uh, what, what these events and what, what this approach can teach. So anyway, um, if you strip away, let's say, the form in which this is communicated, the lesson is um, you can change your state because you allow these people to trigger you. Or, to put it more precisely, you don't allow these people, you allow yourself to be triggered in that way and you can make a deliberate decision to change that and to make a different connection and to reframe it's this this whole thinking differently which is i think um requires a lot of creativity sometimes to reframe something to well I, right now it's raining right it's uh i could walk around here sulking and like oh and I'm recording my podcast and why is it always raining when I want to go out for a walk and a, a run and uh, the world is against me and I'm thinking hey it's raining and uh, uh, it doesn't bother me that much you know <laughs> I'm, I'm, I hardly notice that it's raining I'm gonna get wet from you know running anyway so no big deal I didn't even I, subconsciously I already reframed the situation and it is because of my overall state of mind because I'm today I'm having a great day so far so far so good yesterday I had a great day because this whole and then um, to go back to reframing these things that happen um, of course I want to know how because it's a skill that I know I don't have um, and and this became clear to me during conversation is this is the most important thing right now in my life that I need to work on because this mechanism has been blocking me for years if not for my entire life this fear of others fear of being judged fear of whatever setbacks whereas I know that I that's not my nature that's not who I am I'm usually very upbeat and positive and creative and but it but there are situations where i let myself be blocked by these tetris stones um and i think that i'm helpless but it's just because i don't have acquired skills to deal with these situations rearrange these falling blocks so that they connect and dissolve and that, that uh, the more you play Tetris, the better you get at it, right? You can play some... The, the, uh, isn't this also in Tetris that it speeds up more and more? 
And it's because you are, your brain is like functioning very rapidly at one point and you've, you've, you almost subconsciously start to modify these stones and then they fall together and disappear and you can keep playing forever. And at huge, at, at incredible speeds, you're, you're um, actually much more, you're much more capable than you think you are. But it requires training. It requires skills. And, well, if you fail, you start again. Also uh, requires a certain persistence and courage to start working on this. But it will yield results. And that was, was for me, the moment that all of a sudden this five or six blocks long piece fell from the sky... And I gave it one swivel so that it was vertically falling into the gap of this huge wall of problems that I thought the universe had done to me this week. And poof! It was all gone. It's insane. And I'm not kidding you. That was a, 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 a literally as if the entire wall was gone. And uh, the results were immediate. It, it brightened up my mood. Uh, it gave me hope, I think. Um, and even more than hope, it gave me uh, as, as the conviction that if I commit myself to, um, to rethinking the things that happen to me, instead of thinking it happens to me and I'm the victim and I'm, I'm just someone is at the wheel and I don't want that person to ruin my life... <laughs> um, I'm at the wheel and I'm, I know where I want to go. I know what my core values are and I will not let myself be distracted or even worse, paralyzed by things that people say or do or whatever. What can they do? Um, is it is somewhere in, is it in the gospel or in one of the letters of St. Paul? What, what, what can they do? They, they can take away your life. They can't kill your soul, right? You, they can't take away uh, who you truly are. Um, they can torture you. They can go against you. But that is the incredible freedom that you see with the martyrs, for instance, that face death with a smile. They're like, well, yeah, yeah, you can, you can rip my arm off here, but you can't rip away my faith, my belief, my values. Um, God. You can't take him away. He won't. He won't be removed. <laughs> and uh, it's it, that is probably the basis of this this seemingly impossible commandment that Jesus utters so many times: "Don't be afraid. Don't worry. Uh, don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will take care of itself." And I've always thought that you had to be Jesus to be able to say that. <laughs> And, uh, but it's, 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 it's not, um, what Jesus says there, when he says, don't worry, he's talking about action, right? Instead of worrying, don't worry. That in itself is an action. It's a decision. Don't worry. It doesn't mean that there are, there is nothing to worry about and that there are no problems and that you're you know, living this happy, clappy lifestyle and just smile and the world smiles at you. That's not, that's not how the force works. But it means that you make a deliberate decision 
not to worry. And so in order to get to that state, you have to know how to deal with the things that can uh, that that up until this moment have brought you down and and paralyze you and it's oftentimes because of fear fear of things you can't control fear that you're not good enough that that you're not loved um, we all know the process of uh, of of 100 positive emails and one vicious comment and that's the one that completely breaks your spirit. Uh, we've all been there. The fact that we have been there doesn't mean that you have to stay there. You can make a deliberate decision to step out of that. And uh, so for me, that that is what I need to work on. And uh, I immediately put the pedal to the metal, as they say. I was like, okay, I'm going to go out for a run. I know that one of the things that is not helping me uh, to tackle this um, and to get out of this uh, this rut is my lack of energy. And my lack of energy comes from the lack of physical activity. The lack of physical activity is because I think that I, am, I have so much on my plate that is more important. I'm like, well, no, it's not. I'm going to... Yesterday morning, I stepped out of bed, also helped at my... My bedroom was was completely ready now, and uh, I slept so well. So um, I uh, stepped out of bed, put my running shoes on, ate a very s- uh, simple breakfast, went out for an hour and a 40-minute run. Halfway through the run, I get a phone call. Forgot to turn off my phone. And my immediate feeling was, I was looking at it, oh, it's that person, and it was a... Uh, kind of a, a parish-related thing, and uh, uh, I hadn't taken the de- decision on what to do, and so my first feeling was like, "Oh no, I was doing so well on this run, and I'm in the middle of nowhere, and I have this parish call. Do I have to call back? How am I going to solve this? It's unf-. And then I was like, "Oh, stop, stop." What? There's nothing wrong with this phone call. It's just someone who wants to inquire about something. And you haven't taken a decision about that. That is not a sin to not have reached a decision. You, you can take your time. Nobody said that you had to decide right now, here and then. Um, just park it. Turn off your phone and keep running. So that's what I did. And it was liberating. I was like, oh my gosh, this works. Instead, And it literally changed my whole facial expression my level of energy it was as if the phone call was like oh another building block another tetris block that falls on my head and i was like no i'll just move it to the left and i'll just turn it and just park it there and eh, it'll solve itself and then lo and behold came back home and only a couple hours later i called back and the situation had already resolved itself And I could just have a very nice, friendly, pastoral phone conversation. And there was not a problem inside. I was like, oh my goodness. What is happening? (laughs) This is... um, This is big. And, And it is... I know that I'm only at the start of this process. But I've... Almost as if you get these hints that... 
I don't know, God. I always hesitate to bring God into these human things. But, well, if I, if I interpret this from, from above and I'm thinking God wants me to be uh, optima, an, uh, wor- you know, working in an optimal way and he wants me to, to fulfill my vocation as good as I can and I have asked for help and he's come to my rescue, then these are small encouragement that, encouragements that, that showed me, hey, this is, so this is how it works. Now try to apply that. Try to acquire that skill and train it so that you become really good at it. And then you can really... This what Jesus says, don't worry, don't fear, is something that is attainable. Otherwise, he wouldn't ask it. Because Jesus never asks us to do something that we can't do. With his help, of course. But it is not just a pipe dream. It is feasible and it is attainable. And for me, it's the most important thing in my life currently to work on and to master. Because I've seen what it did. So in that day the idea started to flow. A lot of the things that I was... that were um, blocking me, like, like for instance, okay, so all these what-if situations. I need to start working on my TV show. It's almost August. I haven't filmed one single episode. I need to do 50. All of a sudden, it's like, well, don't feel guilty about it. Don't beat yourself up on this. You'll find a way creatively. You've done this before. And it's much more important... To have to take your time now to fix these these recurring issues that have been blocking you also creatively for so many years, and to and once you get rid of the biggest problem, all the other problems will solve themselves. Isn't it also something that Jesus says? Seek first the kingdom of God, and everything else will follow. Will be given. Uh, in addition and what does this have to do with the kingdom of God the kingdom of God is the the world that God envisions and that he wants us to realize with him and we may never get there in this life Um, but it is feasible because it is God who is ultimately the leader of the process so um the kingdom of God, if, if, if the kingdom of God is the world the way God intends it to be, and he wants already to start realizing it with us, then you could also translate that to your personal life, to my personal life. The kingdom of God is that he is the king of my life, and that he makes sure that I'm safe. And sometimes he will do that by going out with an army and defending the evildoers, Sometimes he'll just help you build a wall. And that, I think, is currently what's happening. He's fortifying my walls, my city walls. Not walls behind which I can hide, but walls from which I can engage whatever is fired at me. Strong walls that can stand upright and can make sure that my life behind those walls can continue in an optimal way because... I've fortified the most important parts of my life. That's, I think, what's, going, what's happening right now. 
Okay, so now I'm com- totally confusing all the metaphors because I start by the, with the metaphor of Tetris by destroying walls, and now I'm actually talking about building up walls. Well, anyway, you get the gist of what I'm saying. <laughs> I'm going to wrap things up, get a shower, and uh, start uh, being creative and working on the rest of the, of the rooms, uh, preparing for uh, the International Mass tomorrow. Thank you so much for listening. If this helped you, um, don't hesitate to, to, to sometimes share if, if, um, how you are um, building your life and things that helped you or things that you need help on. Uh, just let me know. I'd love to know. I'd love to hear from you. I also uh, am, am there to help uh, with the things that I've learned. And hopefully this can, you know, for some of you also help you get out of the situation where you currently are or at least start working on it it is possible and i will of course give you more updates on how my tetris game is uh, is going <laughs> talk to you guys later god bless